0: Partner, your host of the She Needs Grit Podcast, and I am really, really pumped up for what I have in store for you this year. We are going to be diving into some amazing entrepreneurial stories. We're going to be talking all about how you can build your business, how you can have a business that supports the exact ideal dream life you're trying to create for yourself and your family, and how you can do it while you make buckets of money. So, settle in, buckle up, get some caffeine, and let's get started for 2023. Hello, everybody. This is Sam Varner, your host of She Needs Grit Podcast. I am so excited to be here today. We have a guest in the studio. So, I am... I am looking forward to this conversation, and I want you to pay attention to how this conversation is relevant to what you've been doing in your business right now, or perhaps that next step you might be headed towards. So, Lindsay Crony, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited that you're here. We um, we connected, how long
1: ago was that now? Maybe a couple months, I want to say. Yeah. When we I had our first ago. conversation and we were like this is a fit. It's it's fate. Yeah. We need to get on the on the podcast and talk some more.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, I'm very excited that you're here and I'm going to ask you to kind of start out and introduce yourself. Give us like kind of your give us your story. How did you get here? Who 1, are if, you? Are you? if you will? <laughs> exactly. Sure
1: thing. So, as you mentioned, I'm Lindsay. I am the founder and CVO, we say, so Chief Visionary Officer, or whatever you want to call it, of Leo and Lane. We are a digital branding agency that focuses on creating content for your digital storefront. We haven't always been this, and I know we'll get into the details of talking about where we started and where we are now, Um, but we work with clients all over the US. We've served over 85 clients in in four years, and we have... um, Seven team members right now all over the US as well. So we work virtually, we work through programs um, to make sure that communication is efficient and that we're producing high quality content for our clients for their social media pages, their website, brand photography, e-newsletters, paid ads, all the things that businesses need when they're a virtual business. So
0: I love it. I love it. So how did you how did you get into that? What was the was the pathway of your journey?
1: Sure. So, like every client who we really want to attract or help, it started for me as a side hustle. And we're really passionate about letting entrepreneurs know that a side hustle can be your dream career. Um, you know, I started. I was in corporate America for ever since graduating college. I just kind of did what I thought I was supposed to do. I interviewed for the job. I got the job. I stayed with the job. Um, And I was crippled to corporate America thinking, wow, this paycheck and payroll deduct and taxes and 401k and they just made it all so easy, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So I was in a position several years later where I had my side hustle going. I would design websites for friends or do graphic design or photo shoots on the side and I went to my husband several times, but it was eventually like the 10th time I said, I think I can do this full time on my own. And we agreed that it was kind of time to take that leap. And I will never look back. Um, I've built a team with people who have graciously taken the leap and trusted me with that same, you know, philosophy of leaving corporate America and really believing you can do it. And we've been in this business for four years now. And like I said, servicing all those clients, it's been amazing. And I think that The message really is that if, I mean, it's so cheesy, but if you dream it, you can do it (laughs) and we can help you.
0: Yeah. I, I think it is, it is funny how many of those kind of cheesy statements, but are so true, right? They are so real in terms of any of us that are sitting there. If you are listening and you're driving to your job and you're thinking there's a way to do this, maybe, maybe there's a way, then I think if you can envision it even a little, the very like wisps of an idea, then there is a way to do it. And the biggest part of it is actually speaking it into action, right? Putting it out there to somebody, whether it's your husband or girlfriends and being like, I mean, I'm thinking about a thing.
1: And a born entrepreneur always feels it in their gut. You know, I've learned, I've heard from a lot of clients or potential clients or friends that, This isn't what I'm meant to do long term, you know, like my passion is elsewhere, or I really love doing this, but it only happens after hours and on the weekends. And Mm -hmm. so we're around to not only be the agency that can give you content and the confidence to empower that dream and make that dream a reality but to really also sit with you and help you get a full understanding of what you need to leave corporate America and really build the brand that your heart is with. Um, And so we always, we always say like, you know, a business plan, understanding taxes, understanding the payroll and hiring side, like there's all those little nuances that, that come before the logo and we're here as your army of women to kind of help you and empower you to get to that point. So it doesn't feel so overwhelming.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it is, and it's, it's overwhelming at the beginning when you're kind of like tiptoeing into it. And then as everybody knows, it's listening, the overwhelm kind of stays, right? It shifts as to what is overwhelming in the moment, yeah. but as entrepreneurs, part of the thrill, right? The joy of it is that it's never the same. It's always something new,
1: Yeah. but also
0: part of the overwhelm is it's never the same. It's always something <laughs> exactly.
1: New. The overwhelm yeah. becomes a hustle. You definitely have to be ready to hustle, and I think, you know, the biggest thing is that, people, it's not easy. You can't start and expect it to kind of take off from there. You have to have that grit. You mm-hmm. need a, you need the grit, right? You need that hustle behind you, and you need to believe in yourself. Um, but I think when you start down that journey, and you realize there are so many people in the same boat as you, and even more than you ever imagined you build a network of of like-minded people. You're all having the same conversations and there's such a support system that kind of naturally falls into place.
0: Yeah. And that's a, that's a huge factor in almost before you have anything else, you need some of that in existence, right? And what I have found over the years is I have so many really close friends that aren't in business for themselves, for whatever reason, right? They are, Um, They prefer to be in corporate America. They like the paycheck. They're just not entrepreneurial at heart. Um, The conversations that you want to have about how your day is going or what is the disaster you're currently faced with is so radically different from those people that are working a job or staying home exclusively with their children, right? Other mom friends that you have. You do need to build yourself that group of people that you can be very open with. On the business front, right? So that you don't feel like you're just all lonely by yourself, probably figuring you're doing it wrong at any given moment, um, which is
1: rarely the case, but we all Absolutely. assume. Absolutely. And that's why I love, on. exactly. I love podcasts. I love digital networking groups. I love social media because you start to tap into that world and realize you're not alone and there are people out there. You know, I've read several books. As you know, I'm pregnant, expecting my first child in just a month, and that's new territory. So, you know, Mm -hmm. managing that entrepreneur life and we're we're having conversations of is daycare going to be necessary, you know, because I work from home and I create my own schedule. And so there's all these hurdles that you find yourself kind of jumping throughout the entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial journey. Um, but the more you open yourself up to just listening and to having conversations and to meeting people, you realize you're not alone. You may not have the water cooler conversations that someone has with that goes into an office all the time, but, um, but you're in the driver's seat and you're in full control and you're doing what you love every single day. So it absolutely does not feel like work.
0: Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. It feels like um, there's work to be done, but it never feels... I never have that like eye rolling, so annoyed that I'm sitting down, having to like uh, again deal with oh, this thing. Oh, I know. Thing.
1: Yeah. Even every if it's time something you work- where I'm
0: like, I don't want to do that part, but I I'm not so reluctant and dreading. I don't have the dread the way That's that I exactly used to right. have when it was like Monday morning and you're like, oh,
1: I know I, I have to go to the office. I gotta get my hair and makeup done or whatever. But I think too, like the when I knew it was for me was when I was showing up every day and. And I just noticed inefficiencies. I noticed changes in the process that I might do differently. I was frustrated because I didn't have a voice in things that I felt I should have a voice in. It was very much stay in your own lane. And then Mm -hmm. I would go home and use my free time to really do what I love and to create what I wanted to create. And so if you find yourself in that position, but you think you can't escape it because life is so good and you make a steady paycheck, like... We are living proof that it's possible, right? And that you will never turn yeah. back. You will never go back. And, um, and it's yeah. all through a matter of just nailing your content, getting your processes in place and having a plan and having confidence at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so much of that builds as you go, right? Each little, Absolutely. you have to just kind of be like, oh, I did that little tiny thing. Now I'm go capable me. <laughs> and confident. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Like, you got to celebrate yourself. There's no sticker chart. <laughs> Put a sit- sticker chart up on the wall for exactly. you, right? not just for the exactly. kids. Exactly. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about the way that your business has evolved. Because I think sometimes we think, especially when we're in the early stages of our business, that it's yeah. The decision I'm making today is the decision I am stuck with for eternity, right? Like this is forever my life choice. But tell me a little bit about the trajectory of what the business has looked like for you.
1: Yeah, your business is not a tattoo, right? It's, it's not permanently inked on you. So, and, and in order to keep it something that you love, you have to pivot and you have to understand that change is okay. And as you grow your team, as you grow your clients, I think the most important thing throughout that change is communication, loyalty, honesty, transparency, all those things. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, you know, when we started the business four years ago, there were, there was me and one other person. We were really scrappy. We started with a lot of local conversations that stemmed into word of mouth, local business. And it's really how, how we grew in that first year. Year two was the pandemic, which was interesting for us, or year one to two, Mm -hmm. if you will. Um, But a lot of people, fortunately, in our case, turned to digital communication to really uproot their business communications and what was going on. And um, so we had a pretty good year that year, helping people make sure that their social media was up to date, that their websites were built and working, um, that their communication plan was aligned with their brand overall. And then year three and four, we really started making a shift because we said, you know, we're not marketing and advertising and PR, it's all this giant umbrella. And we found ourselves Mm -hmm. kind of getting clustered into that. And we were getting asked to do things that we didn't feel as though we were the experts in. Mm -hmm. We really don't want to, we pride ourselves on not being order takers and really developing these collaborative partnerships with our clients. We also really wanted to hone in on doing work we loved and working with clients who we really enjoyed working with and who we could see ourselves forming lifelong friendships with. So Mm -hmm. we worked with a business coach actually who helped us kind of look from the outside in and said, Mm -hmm. you know, who do you want to service if they're outside, you know, and we built a questionnaire. So every time we get new clients, we run them through a 10 question questionnaire to see if they're a good fit. And we really just started kind of focusing on certain industries that brought us joy. So we, um, in the last year, we've signed two new med spas. We're working a lot with Airbnbs. We're a team of all female creators. We love beauty and we love travel. And so Mm -hmm. capitalizing on that, and we know that well, you know, and we can still make it really unique to who you are, but we just found that as we were working for financial companies or companies that were kind of outside of that realm, it, it wasn't as joyful for us and we weren't having as much fun. And that was the number one, most important thing, you know, if we're in control and we're setting this up to be a business that we love and we're hiring people that love to work for us, it was really important that we listened to our gut and pivoted Mm -hmm. accordingly.
0: Yeah. I love that. How was it just a, did you find, I guess it's like chicken or egg discussion. So did you find that you had a couple of med spa clients, a couple of clients in the Airbnb space and you loved them and therefore that was the direction you went? Or was it more an evaluation from like that top piece looking down to going, what do we love Okay, well, then what industries are are in that space?
1: Which way did that come about? That's a great question. So uh, since day one, I've had, you know, I, I'm the founder, but I've had a right-hand woman with me and her name's Kayla, and she has helped me grow this business. And we don't, you know, our partnership has been really cool in terms of getting this off the ground, but we're very different people. We're polar opposites. And so our opinions never align. And we found that Lindsay was the yes one. So every client that came in, I was like, oh, yep, there's, there's a dollar sign. We can do that. Say yes. And she was the one kind of challenging me to say, is it a good fit? Will our team enjoy working on it? And so I would say it did come from the like the top down in terms of us to really taking a magnifying glass to anyone that just wanted to work for us. It took a lot of converting my yeses to no's and saying as much as I know we're capable of doing this work, it's not a good fit for where we're ch- who we're chasing and what we're going after. Um, our passion's really signed after having a couple clients already in those industries that we said, we really love this personally. Our team really loves it. There's a lot of opportunity here. And so going after new business, we were just more critical in terms of who we wanted to go after. And then the business that came to us either by word of mouth or just general inquiry from our website, we were just really, we put them through that 10 question questionnaire and we said, you know, is it someone that we'd want to have coffee with? Yes or no? Is it a female entrepreneur? No, but okay. Well then, you know, and so there's, it's kind of this, if, if not if no, then what, or if not, yes, then yeah. what, you know? So it's like a lot of that. Um, but, and and we still have several clients that aren't med spas and that aren't mm-hmm. Airbnbs. And we've just built wonderful relationships with them. And we're, we don't see ourselves not servicing them or them going anywhere. Um, but it's just more, it's a more of a guideline as we chase new business and kind of head down the path of who we want to be, what we want to be known for.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes so much sense. So in- the vein of that, have you created a number of places you can refer, you know, when you're putting people through your 10 question questionnaire, which I think is sure. absolutely phenomenal. I think everybody should be mulling that around in their head right now to go, Ooh, am I accidentally being Lindsay of old? Yes. That was just like, yes to the dollar. Or am I the person who is really, truly trying to find the clients that light you up, right? That may, make- yes continue to make that business fine. Because but
1: when you're just a yes person, you find yourself ignoring some of those red flags and then you <laughs> get three sure. months into working with that person. You're like, oh, I shouldn't have just said yes.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. And I think a lot of us can, uh, yeah, I can think of <laughs> yeah, circumstances yeah. <laughs> where we've all done that, right? Where I've done it and been like, well, that was a lesson I had to painfully learn. Okay. <laughs> got, right. Got right. It. Um, Have you created a number of different relationships with other organizations that are able to service those Groups, have you kind of set up partnerships in that way, or is it something that you're, um, that you kind of leave them to their own to to go out in the world and find that better fit?
1: Yeah. Um. And you mean in terms of like partnerships we have with other agencies, or what do you mean by yeah, that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. For just clients that are coming that are just not your ideal fit,
1: have you absolutely I ne- partnerships that way? Absolutely, I never feel comfortable um, saying no to someone if I don't have a recommendation. Mm -hmm. in my back pocket. Um, at the end of the day, I'm still a yes person when it comes to, I want to help this person. And I know there are options out there for them. And even though we might not be a good fit, I want to make sure that I help them navigate this crazy world of options that are out there, that there is a good fit. So, um, you know, we, we feel really passionate about being honest and transparent in our feedback and our advice, but yes, over the time, we've built such a network of great support agencies, people who do what we don't do. Um, And so Mm -hmm. I always, I always err on the side of if it's not us, then how can I help them find someone where it is a good fit?
0: Yeah, I wanted to just kind of emphasize that. And I was, I was 97% sure that that was exactly going to be your answer. (laughs) Um, But I think sometimes when we're at the beginning stages of our business, we're not necessarily, you know, there's a lot of talk about competitive analysis and like looking at what are your competitors doing when you're getting started, or as you're kind of moving through the duration of your business. And I think sometimes we forget that, yes, they're kind of pseudo-competitors in different realms, but also fantastic resources of potential generation of clients that are your fit, that aren't theirs, yeah. and vice versa. So
1: 1000%. just that reminder. Right? Have you heard the saying, collaboration over competition?
0: Yes, absolutely. I mean, the abundance mindset philosophy, Oh, right, yeah, of, yeah. Um, We
1: embody that so much. And I think that that drills down on the importance of building your network as a business owner and as someone who works for a small business. Your network is so important. We have seen that there's good karma when you do good things. And so, you know, just to, you never want to burn a bridge. You always want karma to be on your side. And when you have a good network of people and you've referred things, we often get complimented by clients who come to us that say they really respect that we have. minimum investment in order to work with us they really respect that we said no and sent them somewhere where we were a good fit so i think as hard as those decisions are to come to and as hard as it is to say no to someone who's looking at you saying i want to pay you i want to hire you they have a lot of respect when you hold your ground and say we're just not the ones for you but here's who is Mm -hmm.
0: yeah i think it's um it's such a critical lesson right that that most of us entrepreneurs will go through at some point that exact thing. And I think, yeah, just that little reminder of like, hey, sometimes it's not worth the money. Now, right. sometimes at the very beginning, you are in a mad dash of, I need new clients. I'm sure. not yet far <laughs> enough along in my journey to even know who I'm wanting to service or who I don't want to service. And you'll learn those lessons as you go. Yeah. But then there's, when you get to that point, really, I love that you guys have so Clearly made those delineations and just stuck to them. I think yeah. it does go a long way,
1: and it's it's a work in progress always. I mean, I find myself yes. trying to convince Kayla, like, oh, this is someone we, and she'll come back and be like, let's put them through the questionnaire, let's you know run this through, and let's let's take a discovery call and see if we recognize anything. Um, and so, it's not always a good fit, and sometimes you need to to kind of test the waters a little bit to see. But it absolutely has been a game changer. I think the biggest eye opener to realize too, is you have to be patient because you're not getting offer after offer after offer saying yes after yes. It's a slower churn, but the clients that you do sign and the people that you do work with are 10 times more rewarding. They're nicer. They're You're doing work that you love to do. You're making relationships with people that are longer than just the the six-month contract they have with your business. So those are the things that I think you see at the end when it really pays off and that matters the most.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree so much. So when you think of... How do I want to word this? When you think of a business that is at the cusp of trying to figure out, okay, who's our ideal client anymore? Like it seems to have shifted. I'm not really sure... Walk me through what your kind of philosophy is, what kind of you guys, give me an idea of how you help service clients and how that process works for you guys.
1: Yeah, so I'll answer this in two ways. One is when the client first comes to us, um, if they're trying to figure out who their ideal client is, we have a series of consultation calls that we have um, on our website available. If you just, we literally, one of them is pick our brain. So if you Mm. want to get to talk about entrepreneurship or we, one of our sessions is the from scratch session. You just want to start somewhere and kind of talk and chat it through. We have options for that. And I think the advice that we usually give clients is if you know early on that you want to, to have a niche and you want to really be specific on who you serve. The sooner you start, the better your journey is going to be because you don't have to go through this phase of cleaning house, so to speak, (laughs) and -hmm. you don't have to fire clients, right? So we had an accounting firm come to us and she wasn't a good fit in terms of her budget and her work, like the content she was looking for. But we talked with her for an hour and she says, I think I really want to go after female business owners who are starting cannabis companies. And we said that is such Mm -hmm. a unique thing, but like, there's no one in the fractional accounting or fractional CFO space that's doing that. So you've instantly, you you now have very clear content pillars. Your brand is, you know, it's like, it's a no brainer. If you know that you want to do that eventually and you can start now, then you're not going to confuse people two years in when you, when you've got this. Wild <laughs> array of clients, and then you decide you want to work within the cannabis industry. So that was a really interesting conversation. We've stayed in touch with her. Um, she's been in business probably a year now, and that's what she's doing. So it was really it was a really great conversation to have up front, and that's where we're always willing to be open and honest. In terms of the longevity of how we help clients, um, those who are a good fit and that we do move forward with, Are those either looking to refresh their brand or start a new brand? And we just take a step back and we say, okay, what's everything that you need to get this off the ground? Is it a refresh? Is it a brand new idea? Do you even have pricing figured out? You know, we'll have all the conversations necessary. We'll look at the aesthetics. So we'll do logos, colors, fonts, a brand guideline, and then we'll start diving into their digital storefront. So a lot of the times, you know, you have less than three seconds to capture someone's attention online. And just like Mm -hmm. you said, before we started here, the listenership, it's it's all over the place sometimes. And so the same thing with like, where someone might find your business online. Did they find you through a Google search on your website? Did they see you on Instagram? Did they stumble upon your LinkedIn page or your TikTok? Did they receive an e-newsletter that was forwarded from their friend? Like you really don't know. So you kind of have to play in all the fields and we just believe it should be creative to your brand. It should be cohesive so that your website matches your social media, matches your newsletters and so on. And then it should be consistent. So you're showing up with that steady drumbeat of content so that what we're really focusing on with you and your company is that brand awareness and consideration phase of the funnel, making sure that you're top right. of mind, you're recognizable. Because for from there, if they see who you are and they start to believe in what you offer, the services, your team, then they'll go down into the conversion, loyalty, brand advocacy phases.
0: Right, right. I love that. What is the... What's the part you love the most about what you do, Lindsay? Like, what is it that just gets you going?
1: Honestly, we have such an amazing team. I love our team. We have been, that's the one thing that I think we avoided the woes, so to speak, meaning that everyone complains about hiring and not finding, and we have no troubles. We've had amazing people come to us. Um, We have an inbox, a saved folder in our inbox full of applicants wanting to work for us that we're just not hiring at certain times. So we've been really blessed to have amazing people on our team. And then our our own team culture is kind of, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe. So from there, we've worked Mm -hmm. with some really incredible clients who will, they might leave and fly on their own for a while and come back, or they've been with us for three years. You know, it's it's all over the place, but the people are number one. The reason I love to show up and do this every day. Um, That's also sometimes the challenge because you don't, You have to be the boss still and you, but, but I think we've honestly proved the, you can't be friends with the people you work with. That's absolutely false. We're constantly Mm -hmm. challenging the status quo over here and we're breaking boundaries and we're saying we don't have to do this the traditional way, you know, and we'll prove it to you. So.
0: I love that. And I think that's such a, such a hopeful view of it, right? Like for people that are not yet at that stage or they're not yet or or maybe they're very reluctant to consider a team, right? That yeah. they're really hesitating on that growth piece because they're like all I've heard is bad things. Yeah. And I love that your both your experience has been different, but also that you're like I'm not going to follow the rules. Right. We can be really good friends and I can still be your boss and that doesn't have to be any number of problems that, mm-hmm. that we would anticipate coming up. And, and that's to, huge.
1: to the solo entrepreneurs out there like that don't have the team, I think my my favorite things in entrepreneurship there would just be being in charge of my own schedule. You know, yes. being able to set mm-hmm. my day-to-day to not have to just show up to an office because I was told that you have to be here by eight, you have to leave by five, and you have to take an hour lunch. Um, having the liberty to just get done what I need to get done when I can get it done. And that Mm -hmm. freedom, I mean, that's absolutely, and and being in control of my finances would be the other thing. So when I was at the mercy of just receiving a paycheck, I didn't pay attention to what came out and where it went and how much I was missing. And so being in the driver's seat of what I make and what I pay my team and what I save you know, that's a whole new endeavor as an entrepreneur. You have to set up those mm-hmm. accounts for yourself, and you have to decide how much you're going to put into your SEP account or your Roth or whatever. Um, yeah, it's not fun. It's not easy, but I just think being in control and having an understanding of where all that goes has has been so rewarding.
0: Yeah, I had a client the other day that was saying one of the the best things about her is that if she wants to change something, she wants to do something, maybe it's around the house, maybe it's planting new trees in the backyard, whatever it might be for her in this space, in entrepreneurial space, you get to just be like, and here I go. I know that that means I need two more clients or five more clients or whatever that looks like. And then I get my trees. And in the traditional work world it's i'll save up for 3 or 4 years and hope potentially that i get the raises every year that are going to accommodate for that growth or i'm going to have to cut back on other areas of my life yeah and that's the biggest perk of being a business owner
1: yeah if you want to travel more if you want to check something off your bucket list if you want to grow your family you know anything you're in full control of what it takes and that that is a piece that i think people don't talk about often enough you're absolutely right
0: yeah, yeah, I loved it. It was a really good conversation the other day, and it just fits so so perfectly in this. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: all right, Lindsay, now we're kind of wrapping up, but I need to yeah. definitely know how can people get a hold of you if they are sitting there thinking, "Well, I definitely want to try those ten questions and see see all about what what you have to offer." Give us the rundown. Where can we find you?
1: Yeah. A couple things, if you want to know if your brand stacks up, we have a first impression quiz on our website. So it's like smoking, it's like losing weight, it's like all those things, gambling, that you're not really sure where you fall and you think you might need help, but you're not sure, you have to kind of decide that for yourself, right? So we've created the first impression quiz for you to take, for you to see if you need what we offer. That's right on our website, leoandlane.com, and that's L-E-O-A-N-D-L-A-I-N-E.com. There, you can also see many samples of our work, the clients we work with. And then if you take the quiz and you decide, okay, I want to move forward, I want to work with Lindsay and her team, um, we have an inquiry form on the Contact Us page of our website right there. You can just fill that out. And then from there, we'll look at scheduling a discovery call where we'll get to know you more um, and just decide what your wish list is and if we can help. That sounds
0: perfect. That sounds perfect. I love the first impression yeah. quiz I, is such such a great um Is is so required. So many of us are like, is this the thing I need? I'm not sure. What a great way to help help potential clients figure it out.
1: And we see people, we see people, you know, make this large investment in their website or they're up and running on all the social. And so we just ask some basic questions to make sure that they're looking at their Mm -hmm. brand from the outside in. Um, and then they kind of get that result back and they're like, okay, like maybe I, I'm not as clean and clear as I thought I was, or wow, my website's really beautiful, but I'm not active on any social media channels. So you can also, um, we share a lot of free value and tips on our social media pages at Leo and Blaine. You can find us searching that. Um, but yeah, we're just, we're here. We'd love to just talk and help. We'd love to work with you at a bigger scope. If it's something that you're looking to get your brand off the ground, but our website again is e.com Perfect.
0: Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for taking the time today. I think this will, I think this will be a great conversation for so many people as they're just going through their day and like, yes, this is this is worth trying. Or yes, I'm right there with them. I'm loving my life, and I forget sometimes, but I really do love this entrepreneurial journey that we're on. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's like I said, we'll never go back. So if I can help other people share in this success, yeah, I
0: agree completely. I'm never going back. I can't. uh, Lots of partnerships, lots of things like that, but I'm always going to be doing my own thing for sure.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's so rewarding for sure.
0: Okay, everybody, that's it for this week. But I can't wait to hear from you all on the all the social media channels about what you thought of this episode, what things stood out for you, I can't wait to hear. And if not, I will talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening and spending your time at the She Needs Grit podcast. I would be ever so grateful if you would be able to leave me a review or share this episode with somebody that you know needs to listen to these lessons as well. Thank you so much.